0: Trials and tribulations Life can get rough And through the storm we'll make it Just put your trust in him No matter what you're going through I know that I'll never leave you You
1: feel that you can't
2: and thank you for choosing the Get Happy with Jay podcast. After you listen to this episode, I- would love to hear from you. Send me a message on our Get Happy with Jay Facebook page or visit the website and leave a comment there. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you will know when a brand new episode is uploaded. Now on to this week's topic. I love talking to interesting people with incredible life stories and my guest today definitely fits the bill. Lester Reed is a man who has overcome childhood abuse, alcoholism, drug addiction, being homeless, being suicidal and feeling Absolutely hopeless to now living a full life of giving back. How do you hit rock bottom and bounce back like Lester? Check out our discussion now and find out. You'll also hear how several key people in his life made a difference too. So hopefully you'll be inspired to overcome your obstacles or also be inspired to be one of the people who can meet someone like Lester and show love and kindness to help them on the right path. No matter what turn and twists your journey may have taken it's never too late to detour to better now let's get into this episode it's time to begin our discussion with mr lester reed jr thank you so much for being a part of the get happy with jay podcast today that means so much thank you very much it's good to be here. Well, and it's great to have you. Um, One of my uh, wonderful co-workers and dear friends told me your story, or at least part of it, and I was just absolutely intrigued because it just epitomizes exactly what this podcast is about, talking to people who have led interesting lives, whose life journey may have taken you in the wrong directions at times, but you have overcome that, and now you're living this life of joy and this life of giving back. So, Let's kind of go back, start from the beginning before we get into everything. Tell me about your childhood, because let's face it, our childhood is what frames our futures to a great extent. So what was your childhood like?
0: Uh, My childhood was like. Did you have mom and dad in the home? It was it was it was chaotic a lot. My real dad left my mom with three kids Mm -hmm. and he was an alcoholic big time. And were you were yes. aware
2: of that as a child, uh, as to what his problem was? Not at first, I mm-hmm. didn't know.
0: Mm-hmm. But he used to come visit us when I was in the third grade. Uh-huh. And he took us to the store one day. And I, th- I was in third grade. And uh, he asked my grandmother, can he have a drink in the car? He had a bottle in his car.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: he used- it shows that he was drunk because he had the alcohol in his car drinking, taking us to the store. Wow. And so it was amazing how he can do that with his kids in the car. Yeah. But she said no. So he didn't do it. And he only came around every now and then. Mm-hmm. But my mom got married again. And my mom got married again, though, in the early stages. And she married another drunk.
2: Wow. So she kind of repeated that pattern.
0: Yes, she did. And I don't know if my real dad, I didn't know if he liked me or not. Or Mm -hmm. the other kids, Mm -hmm. but stepfathers and stepfathers. And at that time, we moved around many different houses because of his his drinking. Also, Mm -hmm. it was about four kids, and I can remember we lived in five houses in this small community because the bills wasn't getting paid. Yeah, so we had to move, 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 and move. Mm -hmm. And finally, we moved to this one house, and my mom decided. It, it was six kids at that time. Mm-hmm. She decided to go back to school and she had a small job at a bakery. Mm-hmm. So she decided that she was going to do something about this. But the stepfather didn't like it because he wasn't going to work a lot of time. He's on construction and he did his own thing. Mm-hmm. So, but it was like chaotic, big time. Mm-hmm. My stepfather was giving me some advice one time, you know, my homework mm-hmm. and I didn't know what he was talking about, and he slapped me across the face. Oh, big wow. time. And
2: was that the first time he had been um, physically abusive?
0: Uh, That was the first time. Mm-hmm. I, I guess that was in. The, I was in the third grade at that time. Mm-hmm. And I was the oldest. Uh, see, I'm the oldest of uh, seven kids. Mm-hmm. At that time, it was six. And I found myself running back to my grandparents' house.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was like a safe haven for me.
2: Well, thank God you had one, a safe haven.
0: But... At the same time, my mom wanted me home. Mm -hmm. And so I was going back and forth to my mom's, to my grandmother's house. Because Mm -hmm. me and my stepfather at this time, now we couldn't get along. Yeah. We couldn't get along. Even as a... grade and I didn't like drinking. I hated it. Because even at that young tender
2: age, you could see the results of the alcoholism. You lived with it.
0: Yeah. uh, My mom was going to work one night Mm -hmm. and he beat her up. Wow. And she went to work with a black eye, and she just was taking it. But I I couldn't take it. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't have a role model for me. Mm -hmm. So for me to get attention, I started stealing. Mm -hmm. I started stealing money here and there the first thing i was stole was a quarter mm-hmm. and so it got easy and i found five bucks and it was like i didn't know it was for whatever i know it wasn't mine mm-hmm. but it was my stepdad the same guy and oh <laughs> yes oh oh i got a whooping big mm-hmm. time and it wasn't a small whooping
1: mm-hmm.
0: it was whooping with like a beating it was more than a beating he pulled my pants down and really got a whooping
2: hmm.
0: I got whooping with no clothes on first time. Wow. And I call myself running away again. And my mom took me back home. My grandmother tried to hide me a lot of times mm-hmm. because, she know, I didn't like it anyway. Yes. And so me and my mom would get into a fight and she would tell me, I wish your dad would come get you. And at this time, I tell my mother, I wish I was dead. Mm. I wish I was dead just to be mean to her. Mm-hmm. Too. also at the same time because I did like my stepdad and I don't, didn't like her drag me back to the stuff mm-hmm. that I didn't like. And at one time they had a birthday party for him, mm-hmm. my stepdad. Well, at this birthday party it was at my uh, auntie's house and I was staying at my grandmother's house. It was in the back mm-hmm. and he seen me and he came after me and it took my uncles to stop him from coming after me. He wow. was coming after me and he came after me twice. Mm-hmm. saying, I love you, but I didn't want to be near it. Yeah, because his actions had shown you something else. Yes, it, it was something I did not like. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to move my grandparents for about a couple of years.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was happy there. What my grandmother used to buy my cousin, she bought me. And she That's taught wonderful. me life a little bit. Mm-hmm. She taught me how to take care of myself as a youngster. Mm -hmm. she helped me uh learn how to clean house i was telling kim i worked in the gardens Mm -hmm. and my grandfather gave me a quarter which i loved it he showed me respect
2: you got nurturing you
0: got love and you got life skills yes and my grandmother taught me and my cousin how to dance at charleston (laughs) it was fun that's a
2: complicated dance
0: yeah yeah but she taught us and we had a lot of fun So you were
2: able to stay with them a few years, and then what happened after that?
0: I had to go back home
2: because my mom, mm -hmm.
0: at this time, she had to quit work because she had another daughter. Mm -hmm. It's seven of us now, so it's seven kids at home. Yeah. So it's my freshman year. I had to go back Mm. to this place because she lives in the projects, and she's on public aid, and everybody's telling that she had another son. So I had to go back because if she didn't, she would have to pay that money back. Yeah. So I moved back in. And at this time, it didn't get any better. Mm-hmm. So, with well, someone who's abusive, it never does. Yeah. Unless they get help. And so for me to live there, to deal with it, my brother under me, he was already drinking at 13. Mm-hmm. So I started drinking at 14.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I would have older men go into bars and go into liquor stores to buy alcohol for me.
2: And shame on them for yeah. enabling that.
0: But the drunker I get, I could live with that with them and their mess so
2: it just kind of numbed you out to be able to deal with it
0: exactly Mm
1: -hmm.
2: but
0: at that time it became a habit yeah and how did that affect school i can't imagine school was easy at this time school i didn't even care
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, i got put into the special ed class Mm -hmm. because i couldn't I couldn't function. I couldn't be with the regular kids. Uh, I couldn't. I didn't know how to think. I didn't know how to use my heart. I was so numbed out of drinking and doing this, I just went through school. I was into sports, but still, it was nothing that really helped me was alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, one year, I was on the track team, and I couldn't went to state. I was a good runner. I was about 120-some pounds. And that's what alcohol was doing to me. I wasn't growing much, but I was pretty quick. And finally, I told the track coach I quit. I went back to drinking. Matter of fact, I never stopped in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so I had stopped doing everything. Only thing I wanted to do was drink. Even my first job I had was working at uh, Holiday Inn. I would go to work on Saturdays drunk. Mm-hmm. And finally, I stopped going to work, making excuses. Yeah. I even got my grandmother to make excuses for me, and she would.
2: Did she know what was going on
0: with the alcohol? No. Mm -hmm. No, I had had hid it from Mm -hmm. her because I had respect for my grandmother and my mother. They really didn't, my mother didn't really know because I had hid it from her. Mm -hmm. But she had heard I was doing it, and I started smoking, drinking, and now I started doing other drugs. This is doing speed. In the early 80s, I started doing crack, cocaine, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it really took a whirlwind to my life. Yeah. Uh, Now my life is way out of control.
2: And what did that look like, being out of control? Dangerous. Mm -hmm.
0: It was so dangerous to me that it still didn't make any, I didn't care. Mm -hmm. I didn't care about what I did to myself. But I wouldn't hurt nobody. I never fought anybody, but I always got hurt by mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. Ripping me off, stealing me. Uh, falling asleep in ditches, in baseball fields. I used to get beat up. I got things knocked in the head. Mm-hmm. This mark on my lip, I got hit with a vodka bottle by a friend and ripped off for 100 bucks. Those are things that really got to me, but it never stopped me. Uh, and I started moving around from city to city. Mm-hmm. never out of illinois but moving from city to city mm-hmm. and at one time my boss at this time told me i need to go to rehab mm-hmm. well okay i went to rehab i'm about 20 something years old 30 something I'm about 35 at the time going to rehab you name it i've been there i've been to five different rehabs and they taught me how to mix alcohol they didn't teach me anything new, mm-hmm. so I did what they said on my on my own way. I drink, can tell and just lie to them to do what I wanted to do.
2: Yeah, so you didn't follow the twelve steps or whatever other programs that they laid out for you.
0: No, no, because their twelve step is to was to believe in a God, not the God. Mm-hmm. You see, I can believe in a God and drink, and go to Him and say I did this, and go by my own business and. I really didn't understand the Bible at all. I picked it up. I read it. Mm-hmm. But I decided to continue doing my own thing. My life, now I'm starting to run from my life because it's starting to affect me big time. So instead of stopping, I didn't know how to stop. I ran to Chicago a couple of times.
1: Mm-hmm. Which that, is
0: probably <laughs> the worst place that you
2: could be if you have any kind of substance use issue. Yeah,
0: but I didn't last there. So I went back to Madison for a while. And then I ended up in Belleville, Illinois for a while. From Belleville, I ended up in LaSalle County, mm-hmm. which I've been through there a couple of times. And I decided that I was tired of running for myself. So instead of looking at the Bible doing this, I decided, okay, let's end it. So I got off of work one night, which I, w- I was working at the Baker factory in-, in LaSalle. I could find a job. I know how to sell myself. I get mm-hmm. a job anywhere. Mm-hmm. I know how to sell myself. But... To stop drinking, I didn't know how. So I bought a bottle of cheap vodka, drinking it straight with nothing, and got a butcher knife and went down to the police station so they can shoot me. I don't like pain. Mm-hmm. So if they would shot me, I know what they're going to do. They're just going to shoot me in the head. That would have been fine with me at that time. Cause I, wow. been, I wasn't going to feel anything because I was already numbed out in the right. first place. So
2: you were basically suicidal, but
0: you didn't want to do it yourself. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But at that time, When I walked in the police station, I woke up. They had me in their holding cell.
2: Thank goodness they didn't kill you because I'm telling you with what we go through and the stories we see now in the news about police shootings and brutality. Yeah. That was like a miracle from God that they
0: didn't take you out. Yeah. They put me in a holding cell and they put me back back in the hospital on the eighth floor. Mm -hmm. And my doctors at that time, they said, son, you got to get out of here. So, and this was a Sunday, Sunday evening. So
2: did they not offer you the mental health treatment that you needed at that time? What do you mean when you say that they said, get out of here?
0: Because I was in a hospital, they met a ward three Mm -hmm. times already.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I was in a ward three times Mm -hmm. already in LaSalle County. So they couldn't do anything with me. So they said, you got to go to the hospital in Peoria. So they got the Sheriff County in LaSalle meet the peoria county sheriff halfway to bring me to peoria Mm -hmm. and that's how i got to peoria okay and i went into zeller off and on for another three months and then they put me in uh the phoenix house Mm -hmm. which is phoenix house was before the hope downtown it was Mm -hmm. was a small place for people like on drugs and this and that and taking medication well i got tired of doing that and i walked out of there Mm -hmm. i got tired of the medication and the drinking and also i was drinking in there too even though it was a place to stop drinking, I ended up drinking there. I had hidden box. They showed me how I the alcohol there, so I was doing it there. So they put me back in Zeller. Now, they said, you got to go someplace else. I went to White Oaks. Mm-hmm. That didn't do it. Wow. That didn't do anything for me. So in and out of all these treatment facilities, nothing worked? Nothing worked. And when I left there, I went into the Julian Hotel, which was downtown. I remember it well. And it was full of drugs, smelly place. And I said, what'd I do? And finally, it dawned on me, I got to get out of here. And I was working at this time, working as a security guard.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I seen this sign says uh, PR Rescue Mission. Mm-hmm. So I went to the PR Rescue Mission for a while. And I asked my job to go to Victor Acres. It was a, Victor Acres is a Bible-based program to For teach, recovery. For recovery, mm-hmm. but teach people about the understanding the understanding of the Bible, mm-hmm. not just the Bible itself, mm-hmm. but the understanding of the true God, mm-hmm. not just any God. And I went in there for three months, but I was scared.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Where was that fear coming from? Scared of learning, mm-hmm. scared of opening up again, scared of change. Mm-hmm. So I went back out to continue to do what I was doing. But one thing about that, when I... Went out the second time, something in my heart says, you left something. There was something there that you left. And I think they call that the seed that was growing in me because mm-hmm. I wanted to go back. But I'm working. I didn't know how to go back because my bosses now, they said you had your chance. You weren't going to go back. So I quit my job to go back this time. Wow. I quit my job to go back. And at that time, it was on a three-month program. And I said, God, if you get me back to this program, I will still a year Never promise God something you's going to do and do it. I, it was hard for me to stay a year. Mm-hmm. But once I did that, I put a plan together. You see, you just don't go someplace to put a plan together. You see, what I'm saying is the government has a plan together, but their plan is not real. It's about a God, but not the God. And as I open up the word of God, it taught me that I came from him and not myself. The Bible taught me that the ultimate God, the holy God, That's where I come from. And as I started studying, it became part of me. It became something I always wanted, but nobody showed me how to get it. And I tried many mentors, people to teach me, but there was nobody who wanted to teach me. So I said, God, okay, you have to do this. Mm -hmm. So the Holy Spirit, I learned at Victor Acres, I learned how to study. I learned how to read and focus. And learn how to meditate on the Word of God. Mm-hmm. It wasn't easy. Nothing is easy until you put your heart into it and want to do it. And I'm sure it's hard
2: to even be able to learn to quiet your mind from the chaos enough to do that.
0: Yes, it takes work. Because, you see, there was uh 13 guys there also. Mm-hmm. And they make noise. And I wanted to study. So I learned to focus my mm-hmm. attention to tell what I was doing and sometimes I would have to put things in my ears to keep it up, stop stop listening to them and focus on what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And it worked. It worked. So you ended up being there a year. Yeah. And it was still hard for me to believe something when i didn't see it and i was still angry and one of the teachers out there they said have you ever prayed for the holy spirit now you see i used to read the bible about the holy spirit Mm -hmm. but i never prayed that prayer Mm -hmm. truly prayed that prayer to bring the holy spirit in my life i never did that because i was i wanted to hold on i didn't want to let anything go i was still holding on to animosity of of what was in my life that was part of me yeah unforgiveness
2: is tough Exactly. That will block you from a lot of blessings and moving forward.
0: Amen. And once I truly practice prayer, first, he says, I ask for my money. Mm -hmm. You know, you are Victor X's, you get money. I, I want my money. He says... Where are you going to go? How are you going to do it? Who are you going to do it with? He knew what I was going to do. And I looked at him. And right there, uh, he says, want to pray for the Holy Spirit. And I'm thinking, I get, I just didn't give it a shot. When he said, okay, I said, let, let's pray. Mm-hmm. And we prayed the prayer.
2: And this was a minister at that facility?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was Jerry Dr- Trachek's son, David, who helped me pray that prayer. No, he said pray, but I, I had to do it myself. Yeah. I had to do it myself and believe it. And once I did that, And I started crying. The first time I cried in years that it was something that that was lifted off my shoulders. Mm -hmm. It was a weight that was holding me back. And that was the best thing I ever did. So that was the turning point, huh? That was the turning point. Because when I came back from Victor Acres, and this is the thing, that I thought I had it all together. And I had got another job. God gave me another job. But... I went out and spent $400 on crack again. Mm -hmm. As I was coming back to the mission, my spirit in me says, You knew you did what's wrong. It's like my conscience ate me up. Yes. My conscience ate me up so bad that I didn't get no sleep that night. Mm -hmm. And I told Lee Burnham, my boss, what I did. Mm -hmm. And Jerry Traycheck, he retired from the mission and he he was still working and he walked in that same morning. This was a Sunday morning. Now they're supposed to go to church. Mm -hmm. But God had both three men come that same morning and I told my same story that night to those same guys. Everything would happen. And they was going to take me out the program at that time jerry said no just leave him there and see what's going to happen just leave him and to this day i haven't picked up another drink or anything matter of fact a year later they offered me a job there at the mission a year later they offered me a job at the mission mm-hmm. because my job now was going to minnesota i didn't have no job they said they asked me i want the night job i didn't know i was getting myself into Mm-hmm. But they after a year they offered me a job and I took it. Guess what? I'm still there after eighteen years.
2: What a blessing!
0: Yes, God was a God was and still a blessing to me because I believed in His Word. Mm-hmm. Not only believed in His Word, He helped me move toward His Word, not just believe but to walk it. Yeah, to apply it to your life.
2: Yes. So, what does it feel like to you when you're in this place working that once helped you? now you are the one that's helping others just how does it feel when you are meeting these other men coming from very similar backgrounds who may also have substance use issues? And for those out there, I don't say substance abuse because the new phraseology in therapy circles, as you say, substance use issue instead of substance abuse. So that's why I'm wording it that way. So what is it like for you now to see these men, young and old? Yes coming to the rescue mission
0: you know what i can honestly say when i see each man that comes in that door i see me
1: mm-hmm.
0: i see me and i see that i can help the men
1: mm-hmm.
0: i can help them opening hearts up to the trueness of god and i can bring it down to their understanding because you've been there yes i know where they're at because it's hard to change mm-hmm. and god showed me how to bring it down, not just to their level, but to really open up, to open up a new foundation of understanding.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: God has put so much in my life that I have, I put it this way, he has shown me that I can help any guy that comes through that door. And that's why I'm still there. And
2: I can imagine after 18 years, you probably have many men that you've impacted Maybe sometimes in ways that you don't even see, because a lot of times when they go off, you know, and live their life outside the mission, you may not see them again. But just know that you're planting those same seeds that were planted
0: in you. I have had guys come up to me in stores and say, how you doing, Lester? And I look around. I, can't, I don't I don't remember you. Because I, I see so many guys I don't remember. Mm-hmm. They say, you remember when I came to the mission and you talked to me about the Bible? You talked to me about this? You was the only one who really brought it down? And I get to looking. Oh, okay. How are you doing? And they end up uh, changing and doing different things in our life. Mm-hmm. Now, not every man is going to change, but I have helped sow the seed in them mm-hmm. to know that they can change. Uh, I am helping a few guys now in the Word of God, which... I love it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I I truly love talking about the word of God. And one thing about it, when I go back home, my brother now he doesn't drink because mm-hmm. I impacted his life. God helped me impact his life. Being my stepdad, he don't he he doesn't drink. He wasn't drunk anymore. Matter of fact, we're closer than my real dad.
2: Wow. What, what a story of healing to go from growing up with this man who was basically an abusive drunk to now God has turned that thing around for you to be able to be close and have a relationship like that. That's wonderful.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. Sometimes I feel sorry from him because my mom was on him. And he said, how you doing, <laughs> honey? Yes, honey, I do this. It's like the tables have turned. Mm-hmm. And, and, but he understands. He understands. And the thing about it is God is real. Mm -hmm. I see it in my life all day long. God has impacted my my life in the church I go to now. Mm -hmm. They opened their arms to me in Mount Olive. It's amazing. You can keep looking for a church, but you got to find a church home. Yes. And they became a church home, not just a building. Mm -hmm. God God has impacted me more than any man on this earth. All men can impact me, but God has given me a place. Yeah, he's the one that can change you. Yes, and he has. He has. I can't say anything else more about him, but I just thank God that he has opened my family up Mm -hmm. and that I can go back, even though I live in Peoria here, Mm -hmm. I can go back home and impact my nieces and nephews, which I love, Mm -hmm. and they always look forward to seeing me take rides. I got my little niece. She's spoiled. (laughs) Uh, My other little nieces, my nephews, great great boys see i have i give to give them something i never had and that's true friendship true family that's what god wants us to have mm-hmm. but we can't have it without him yeah and you can't have it when you're in an
2: unhealthy place and when there's something like alcohol or drugs in the way you
0: can't you can't function with alcohol no you can't function with drugs I tell guys at the mission, if you got medication, take it. But if you're on depression medication, seek the word of God because depression is a part of our life. You're going to have that. But you got to find a way to find God to open that space for him. Mm -hmm. And he will show you the way. He will open things up more to you and let you live. Mm -hmm. See, we want to be numb the rest of our life. We want to be numb. I, I felt that numbness when I was in the world with drinking I, I I was just so numb that I loved it. But guess what? Being all that numb and know that I can live and see the true and look up, see the blue, the blue sky, because mm-hmm. it's not gray all the time. It's blue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not gray all the time. It's not dark. It's beautiful. When I walk outside of the mission, I just thank God. Of looking at the stars and they're all named. Looking at the moon and know that he named it. It's so it's so awesome to understand his world when you read the word. Mm-hmm. Because he named everything.
2: And now that you're clear, you <clears throat> can see and appreciate the beauty of it
0: all. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. To appreciate God, you got to get to know him. Only through his word can you know him. Only through the Holy Spirit that is dwelling in us that we can know him. He's got to be in you, not on the outside. See, a lot of people want to be on the outside of God and not on the inside. It's, I tell people that, I tell, I tell guys like this. Do you know how to swim? They say, yeah. I said, okay, what's the difference between a guy on top of the water who's skimming and a scuba diver? They say, they both, I say, they said, I don't know. I said, come on, what's the difference? I'm not trying to trick them, but mm-hmm. I try to give them the picture and they still can't see it. I said, the guy on top of the water he only got shorts on, a bathing suit on. He can't go down deep in the water and to see everything. He can't do it. He's got to be dressed. Mm-hmm. I said, the guy who's scuba diving, he's got a wet suit. He's got his fins, his goggles, and he's got a, a breathing tank. Mm-hmm. I said, guys, that breathing tank and that suit is the Holy Spirit. He gets to stay down there and see the beauty of the bottom of the river as long as he want to. Mm-hmm. He ain't got to come up. He can breathe. If, a per- if we got the Holy Spirit in us and we want to read the God Word of God, we can stay in the Word as long as we want to with the Holy Spirit. We don't have to glance at it. You see, a lot of people read the Word of God, but they only glance mm-hmm. like that skimmer, and they go and close, to, and close the Bible and think they got it all. No. You got to stay in it and meditate on it. You got to want to understand it to move in it. It's like being in a bike race. It's like being in a marathon. You got to practice for mm-hmm. it. You just can't run in a marathon. you got to practice. And studying the Bible, reading the Bible, is practice mm-hmm. application. And to get an understanding in the Word of God, it says, just to ask. Just ask. That's a lot <laughs> yeah. of help. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of help. So There's so much help out there. People run from help. Some of the guys at the mission run from me. Here he comes. Uh-oh. He's going to tell us about the Bible. Uh-oh. Let's go. Let's go this way. Because they know what I'm going to do. I'm not going to sit there and talk to you about about sports, it might start off the sports, but I'm going to open up to the Word of God. Because guy asked me the other just the other day about baseball season. I said I can care less. And I grew up as a Cardinal fan.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I used to love baseball, but now I can care less. I can care less about football. Because you have a mission. I have a mission. Those are only games. Mm-hmm. Life is for real. You can't play life as a game. It's not Russian roulette. You got to take life as life, and take it away from games. Mm-hmm. Because if you do, you're going to lose every time. Well,
2: Lester, I so thank you for sharing
0: your story. So inspirational. Thank you very much. It was, it was awesome to be here because God has put so much on my heart to say mm-hmm. that a lot of times I'm not saying he's speaking it. He's using me. He's speaking it to me through me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm just a vessel. Yeah, I'm nothing. I tell people, people look at me and say, man, you're smart. I said, no, I'm not smart. That's God. Because, see, the, like I said, I was in special ed. I learned how to read the first grade book. All, even in high school, I was mm-hmm. reading first grade book. I didn't know how to read. Mm-hmm. The Bible taught me how to read, sound out words, how to take my time. Mm-hmm. Because the Bible is not like a regular book. You got to take your time to read the Bible. Yeah, And you got to be sure. patient. Mm-hmm. And it taught me how to do things I never did. Before and I love it all. People ask me, What school you go to? What college? I didn't go to no college. I went to the College of Jesus. That's about <laughs> it. That's yeah, about it. Jesus University.
2: He, uh, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> I, I tell you guys, I barely got out of high school. A lot of people, they will say the, the, New, the Old, New Testament is good. I say, I like the Old Testament. I say why? Because it makes you study, mm-hmm. it makes you want to. Eat. You have to feed on the holy. You have to feed on the Holy Spirit to understand the the the, the contents of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And guy said, "How you do that?" I said, "Holy test the, the Holy Spirit." I said, "You know the holy the the New Testament is not written in in, in vowels, all mm-hmm. consonants.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How you know that? I studied. You see, the Bible taught me. I I wanted something so bad. Mm-hmm. Every inch, I I I I can get it." Even about the word of God and his altar, his altars, his synagogues, a piece of us and to be getting there and know it. I have been studying about how God told Moses to make his synagogue and stuff like that. I, I just got stunned studying that piece of history. A piece of history in my life is so grand that I can't stop. And I can't let man stop me and I can't stop myself. Because he put me to a point that if I stop, I would die Mm -hmm. i would i would literally die because if i stop now studying the word you know what the next thing for me going back to drinking going backwards and i don't want that to go back to what i used to be i don't think so no i'm not farther where i should be but i'm not where i used to be and i know that yeah i know that god has a plan his plan is for eternity Mm -hmm. his bible speaks of uh, his plan Mm -hmm. We just got to understand it.
2: Well, thank you for sharing your wisdom with us here on the podcast. I just pray God's continued blessing on your life and that you will continue on this wonderful mission of yours and all the great work that you're doing at the rescue mission for the men who walk through those doors. I just. I hope that they know that they're meeting an angel on earth when they come across you, Mr. Lester Reed. So thank you once again. And to all of our listeners out there, I hope you've been inspired to know that no matter what dark turns your life may take, no matter how horrific your childhood may have been, you've heard... Lester's story here today That you know that you too can overcome Whatever, whatever has Happened to you, you can be victorious Just like Lester who has turned His life around to the point where the very Place that he went at his lowest To get help, now he is Working there and helping others So that is definitely a testimony For all of us to look to To see what God can truly do When you allow yourself to be fully Submitted to his will, not Our will, but that his will be done so thanks again to Lester for sharing his story and thank you guys who took the time to check out the podcast this week make sure you subscribe we're on iTunes we are on SoundCloud Google Play you can always go to the website gethappywithj.com catch up on all the podcast episodes there and more and make sure to give Lester and I some feedback today I know he would love to hear um, how his life story has touched your heart so we have a Facebook page get happy with Jay where you can also go to the website and make a comment there we would love to hear from you so until next time be blessed do something to make yourself happy and remember that it's not selfish it's self-care bye-bye